You know it. I know it. We all know it. Next year is creeping up quick. If you're like me and you want to skyrocket your revenue in 2024, then you're going to need tech that puts you in the driver's seat. This new HubSpot sales hub will help you close out the year strong and kickstart your successes in 2024. You guys know I'm a stickler about communication and making sure that the team is all aware. And that's one of the great things about this tool. Your team is going to be able to collaborate on every piece of the customer journey. Sales Hub also keeps your operations running really smooth and allows you to have this prospecting workspace where you can see who is in the mix. And then you're also going to have the thing that we love as operators most, which is some sales analytic tools that are going to keep your data connected across all of the teams that are involved. HubSpot Sales Hub lets you accelerate every facet of your sales operations with precision, something we very much value around here. So finish out Q4 strong, gear up for the new year with this amazing tool. You can learn more at hubspot.com slash sales. This is the Ops Authority Podcast, where my mission is to break down the backside of your business so you can take the right actions to grow and scale. Hey, I'm Natalie Gingrich, a small business operations expert, and I'm going to give you a front row seat to real solutions that will help you reach the vision that you have for your business, all while equipping you to put out those inevitable pesky fires and those fears that pop up. Listen in for strategies to grow your team, craft the systems and processes that you need for your business, and establish business foundations that you may have skipped over. I know you're ready to do really big things, so let's do it together. Hello, hello, friends. Welcome back to another episode of the Ops Authority Podcast. You have reached us at episode 228. That means we've got 228 sessions and episodes for you to binge on. If this is your first time joining us, I hope you enjoy today's episode and take some time and, you know, use those keywords you know, enter in some things that you might be interested in. And I have a good feeling if you're an operator or a service provider, you're going to find a lot of goodness here in the Ops Authority podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Gingrich. And today I have a new friend, Danielle Hinden, who's going to be joining me today. She's a CPA. I will formally introduce her in just one second, but she's going to be talking to us about operational profit. We were kind of jamming out before we hit record today. And I am, we're both big, big proponents of creating operational profit and you should be too. And there's two reasons that both of us are fired up about this. One is clearly the more profit a business has, the more enjoyable it is to work in that space, the longer that business is going to be able to survive and thrive. And I want every single one of you guys working in thriving businesses because that's from a mental health perspective, that's where we love to be. That's where we get the greatest fulfillment. That's where we're able to make the greatest impact. And as we talk about impact, the second thing here is that you as an operational service provider and anyone who's building a career in the operational fields has the ability to drive the operational profit inside of a business. So if you are the driver and you can be, Danielle's going to talk to us about her six-part framework today. She's going to share with you, with all of us, how we can be a strong instrument for making that change. 
that change has the ability to have an incredible ripple effect. And I'm really excited for Danielle to share her wisdom. You guys know we teach all about the five different areas of operations and financials is one of those. As someone who's going to be a high-level operator inside of a business, it's not required that you be a CPA, an accountant, a bookkeeper, a financial advisor, any of those things. It means that you need to be able to understand profit and loss statements so that you can help derive trends, understand what's going on in the business so that you can make educated suggestions to guide the strategy of the company. And I fully believe that by having this conversation today with Danielle, she's going to enlighten us on more ways that we're going to be able to do that and have even a greater impact on the businesses that we support. So before we dive in, let me introduce you to Danielle, and then we're going to have a really casual conversation here. It's going to be really impactful. Danielle Hinden is the founder and owner of Four Corners CFO, a firm offering financial advisory services to small business owners on a scale that fits their company and their budget. Coupling her decade of experience in corporate finance and accounting with her passion for people, Danielle brings a benefit of, quote, big business, financial analysis to entrepreneurs. And that's something we all need. I have my own story in that, and I love that you've got that expertise. Now, instead of helping corporations increase their share price, Danielle gets to help business owners increase their personal livelihoods so they can leave a legacy and lasting impact on their community. If for no other reason that we would be connecting today, it's because she used that magic word of legacy in her bio, and that's exactly why I'm here. And so I'm excited to dive into this conversation with you, Danielle. I am so excited to be here. Thank you for having me, Natalie. I'm so excited. Let's talk about operational profit. And would you describe that and maybe define that for our audience just so that we can start this conversation from the same playing field? Yeah. So I will say what I said to you kind of in our pre-chat that when a business hits a certain point, they are hiring more people on their team that we would call administrative people. And when you're at that point in a business, your profitability sits in your productivity. Some of the people that you are hiring as you strive to get to that seven figures or greater are going to be productivity-based. They're not revenue generating. So it has to be that they increase productivity. They help you make more money because other things are being more efficient and more productive. And that's where the profit comes from. And that's kind of that operational side of profitability. Yeah, yes, yes. Just to sync our two minds and to share my perspective with you, the listener today, you know, it, we talk a lot about how on the front side of business, which is a term I use a lot, but I'm talking about the labor on the marketing side. You know, marketing is all about lead acquisition, getting your customer, warming them up, finally getting to a place where you can present an offer and then eventually making the sale. There are thousands of activities that happen in that front side of business. And both front and back side are equally important. You have to have both or you will be out of business at some point. And you also have to innovate in both front and back side of business. But where I was going back on track with the front side of business, that labor that is over there, they are able to generate profit much faster. And I won't say it's easier, but they're definitely able to generate a return on the investment that we as business owners give to them and share with the marketing side because they're attached to a sale. Whereas the operational side that you're going to talk to us about, Danielle, we have a little bit more work to do because we are behind the scenes, right? Now, 
without the operational labor, you won't be able to deliver on the cell that I just spoke about. So you ha- again, you have to have both front and backside labor. And where Danielle is coming in today, since every single one of you guys here is likely an operator, which I surely hope that that's what, you know, who you are and why you're listening to this podcast today. But we need to pay very careful attention about how we show up, how the the activities that we are doing to show our leadership how we are bringing profit inside of a business. And this is such a juicy topic. And I feel like this is something that we kind of did a lot more. And your background probably lends itself to a similar experience, Danielle. But I feel like we did this in corporate. I also have a corporate background. And so this was justified in corporate simply because that the amount of resources was substantial and, and over substantial sometimes. So when we move this into small business, it's just not the same, right? We have a much leaner team. We're operating in much leaner margins. And, you know, I think that this is such a viable tool and resource that you as an operator need to have in your back pocket, because when you do this, you really prove the case that you are an indispensable part of this team. And eventually you get into a place, if you have proven yourself indispensable, where you have the ability and easy an easy opportunity to be able to say, hey, I'm worth a little bit more. Let me get an increase. Let me get a title change. Let me suggest a profit share. And so you can't do that out of the gate. You got to come in, you got to prove yourself. And I love this topic of operational profit. So thank you for giving the background on it because I wanted us all to be in the same place. Now let's dive into that six-part framework that you've got. So I'm going to get a little financial accounting sort of techie. If you are not familiar with terms like balance sheet and profit and loss, feel free to jump in and let me know. But we are going to talk about the balance sheet first. So in my six-part framework, when it comes to finances, the balance sheet is your stability. It's your anchor. It is where we, as accountants, as finance people, where we go look to make sure that everything is on the P&L. So we start with the balance sheet because that needs to be reconciled by a bookkeeper or the business owner, preferably a bookkeeper because a business owner's time is spent on way better things than bookkeeping. But we want to make sure that everything reconciles and that we've got all of the information. Once you know that you have all of the information, then we're going to dive into revenue. So in any business, there are three profit levers that we can pull that will increase the profit line. One of those profit levers is raising rates. And it's really easy to see when you start looking at somebody's revenue streams, what are the different revenue streams? How can we bucket them? Where is the money coming in? And how can we group that in a way that makes sense to a business owner? And then where are we not charging enough? What can we look at in those revenue streams and say, hey, we can really be charging way more right here, instant profit. If you charge more and you're paying the same amount to get there, instantly increases that profit line. The other thing about revenue that gives you another profit lever you can pull is profit margin. So if you take the revenue that came in and you subtract the cost of creating that, whether it's a product or service, and for anyone that's working with service-based businesses, that is going to mean the time of the business owner or the people Even if they are not putting it there on their books, that's what that is. The amount of time that goes into generating that service is the cost of the service. And what's left 
is your profit. So you calculate this profit margin by each of those revenue streams, and you can figure out what is the most profitable product or service that you have that you're working on selling. And then you can focus your efforts there because that's going to bring more profit in quickly. Alternately, when it comes to operational profit, if you're looking at these revenue streams and you see something that you thought was going to be really profitable, but those hours are coming in so much higher than we thought they should or would, that's where you get to add value. That's where you get to jump in and say, we can cut hours by 50% if you do X, Y, and Z. And then the profit margin jumps by 50%. I love this. I love the idea of looking at, you know, from a service perspective, especially those operators who are listening today who are supporting coaches and consultants and other service providers, right? And also for your own business too, because that's that this information is going to be able to be used for you if you're a business owner. And most importantly, for every person here, you have the ability to take this information that Danielle is sharing with us today and apply it to the businesses that you are supporting. And I think that that's, both of them are great, great ways to take this podcast and make it very personalized for you. But when we talk about services, looking at services from not just the tools, and that's how, you know, I think a lot of us, because we're used to the cost of goods sold, right, for a product. And so when you start looking at services, the cost of the service, what goes into that service? And, you know, we've talked about looking at the tools and the software that supports the service delivery, but you're right. The highest commodity is the time that it takes to deliver that service. And so this is a really good case for making sure that it doesn't have to be done all the time. Danielle, you may have different feelings on this, but making sure that you understand how much time is going into this. And I know there is a big spectrum on, even me, on the belief of time tracking and how closely you need to do that. And, you know, we don't have to dive into that today, but this substantiates the reason that it is important to do it at least on a regular basis. Maybe it's not every day, maybe it's not every week, but I personally like to do once a quarter to kind of get a good assessment of what is happening. And, you know, as you have a new product or a new service that you're offering, you may want to pay greater attention to that because you're right. The greatest commodity there is going to be time. And if you want to increase, number one, you got to track it to know what kind of impact you're making. And as a service provider and an operator, you definitely want to do that because you want to show the leader, you want to show the impact that you're having on the business. And so time, thank you for pointing that out. That's a big takeaway for me today. That is one of the easiest places to add value. When you can cut the amount of time that it takes to do something for a service provider, it goes straight to their bottom line. It's absolutely profit. And it's one of my favorite things to look at. I work a lot with service providers and I'll give kind of an attorney example with one of my clients from a CFO perspective when we're going through this exercise. We have them lay out what are the different services that they provide. And then I literally sat with that attorney and we said, okay, so how much time does it take you? How much time is your paralegal spending? How much time is your associate spending? And just like you said, Natalie, we take those expectations and we map them over to what's actually happening once a quarter. Because if we're coming in higher, then it becomes... Do we have a people problem? Do we need to talk to somebody? Do we have a training problem? Are we not giving them the right education and resources? Or do we not have the right tools to put this in place the way that we want to, to meet your expectations for profit? Brilliant. Love it. The other thing is profit margin. I believe that the greatest 
one of the things that we as directors of operations should be looking for inside of a business. I have always measured my success by the amount of profit margin change that I am able to make. So I always take a baseline when I come into a company and then it is like my challenge. It is my goal. It's my mission. It's one of those crazy things that I become, you know, fanatical about, but I believe that the greatest benefit I can have inside of a company, the greatest success that I can bring to a company is to increase their profit margin. And all of the things that you're going to talk about today are going to lead to that. But profit margin and balance sheets, I want y'all to kind of write that down or or tuck that away for yourself today because profit and loss sheets get a lot of attention, but that balance sheet is something. And I know Jenny Davis, who is our expert coach in financials inside of our program, is always educating our group on balance sheet and P&L. But I think P&L is kind of sexy, like everyone gets to see that. But the balance sheet really will tell you the help, <laughs> right? So yes, and the longevity. Yes, ma'am. Yes, yes. So let's keep going. Okay, so part three of our framework from a CFO perspective is looking at the expenses. So when we talk about revenue and gross profit margin, that's kind of that top half of the P&L. Then you get into that bottom half, which is mostly G&A expenses. It's payroll, it's cell phone, it's office expenses. All of those are gonna hit on this expense grouping. So what we do with our clients, and it's a really easy way to sit down and look at these expenses, is break everything into three categories. You have what I like to call the required expenses, which are going to be, I don't know, a business that can run without cell phone and internet. And on those required expenses, what we want to do is take a step back and say, when's the last time we checked if we could get them lower? When did we see if we could do something different so we don't actually need that expense? What other ways could we get around this required expense? And then you have what I'm going to call personal perks, the things that we all know that you can run through a business because your tax CPA or EA told you you could run it through, but it doesn't actually add value to the business. It adds value to the business owner. And for us, that's kind of an owner's comp. It's a personal perk that you can take. It's not something we're going to spend a lot of time on unless we have cash flow problems and we need to discuss what is running through. We want you to have all the tax deductions you can get ethically and legally and push those through. But then the third category, if it is not a required expense in the business and it's not a personal perk, everything else on that P&L is going to be an investment in the business. And this means it should be returning either time, money, or both back to the business. And if it's not, then we ask, is it marketing? Because we know marketing takes a little time and we're going to set a deadline and some metrics. And if it's not marketing, then we don't need it. If it's not returning value to the business, we don't need to have it there. And where I see a lot of operations people come in in this expense space is, first of all, how can we get around some of those required costs? What could we do differently and get creative about that gets rid of some of those or reduces some of those required costs? But also really coming back to that time and value of money and time in the business from a return on investment. If we are paying for 10 different things to do all this stuff, but we could lump it into one system and do it for a smaller price, you're going to get a better return on investment. And looking at those things from a, how does it return time or money is the perfect way. Yeah, I, I love this. I think this is a great time of year also to be talking about this, Danielle, because financials are at the top of all of our business owner mind because you know we're hitting the end of the calendar year and soon we'll be, you know, full on into tax, you know, paying taxes and calculating our tax for this current year of 2023. 
And one thing that we do, and we do it once a year, we may have the opportunity to do it more, but just transparency. We look at this once a year and we look through our QuickBooks and I pull out every single tool that kind of falls in this same space on the profit and loss sheet. And I'm looking to see what software are we investing in. We've created a spreadsheet of our, for ourselves of which month we pay it in. Are we paying it annually? Are we paying it monthly? And then we just talked in a team meeting recently this week, like, let's look at these tools. Like, are we duplicating tools? And I have to admit, <laughs> I love me some tools. And a lot of operators love tools because they are almost always sold as a productivity tool, right? It doesn't even matter, right? Even QuickBooks, right? Every single tool out there is selling us on efficiency, productivity, faster, smarter, better, cheaper, et cetera. And all of a sudden, I found myself last year, and we're looking at two tools that we spend a healthy amount of money on. But the point of my story is every single year, we do the same exercise. And I always think we are so lean because we've gotten rid and we've gotten rid and we've gotten rid. We just identified this week that we have two of our highest cost tools that do the same darn thing. (laughs) And here I'm kind of bragging and, you know, doing all the dances because I think we've got such a lean tech stack. But you know, when you really look at it. So that's just one example of the things that you can look at as an operator inside of this area. But I really like looking at time as well as, you know, any efficiencies that you can bring there. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah. And I'll share almost the flip side of, so in my business, I love automation and I love to automate as much as we can. And I actually had hired an ops person to help me set up some systems and processes. And we found out that the tool I was trying to use for my contract management was not the best tool. It was better at other things. And even though it offered contract management, it was taking so much time for us to go through that side of it. And we ended up going and getting another tool where I am paying for it, but the time that it's saving me is worth the money that I'm putting in instead of trying to shove a square peg in a round hole on the other tool. If you're listening to my podcast, there's a great chance that you enjoy listening to other people's podcasts. So I'd like to recommend a podcast that I've been enjoying and I think you will enjoy as well. Latinx in Power. It's hosted by Taisha Fernandez. It's also brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, which is the audio destination for business professionals like you. This podcast features interviews with top-level executives, entrepreneurs, and innovators from all over Latin America. I recently listened to one of her podcasts called Harnessing the Power of Silence in Negotiation with Diana Kleps. While I was listening, I couldn't help but think of you and how this could be helpful for you. In this interview with Diana, she talks about what it's like to be a Latina leader in the diversity space. And then another tidbit that I took away was just how significant it is in the sales process to ask a question and to let the silence work for you after that. So join me and listen to Latinx and Power wherever you get your podcast. I have done something really silly in my business over time, which is buy the sexy tool. And then all of a sudden that sexy tool, which was so cool. And so even if it was priced right, Danielle, it required me to hire a specialist because it was so technical. We couldn't figure it out. So it's like, wait, wait, wait. There you you end up being really over leveraged in something where you can find a, a more efficient and financially responsible tool, even though it may not be that sexy, cool new thing. So great example. Great. 
So once we've got, so we've talked balance sheet, we looked at revenue streams, we've looked at the expense side. Now we have all the information we need to build a budget. And that comes back to that setting expectations. Every business should have a budget. And that budget's going to give the expectation of what we want to spend. And I'm sure a lot of your operators are used to having to work within that budget of what can we do to increase productivity and increase what we're doing within this limited amount of money. And really, from a financial perspective, what we're doing is modeling where we think revenue is going to come in, how we think revenue is going to come in, and then the expense side to see how everything lines up. What this means, I think, for a lot of operators is really, truly just being aware of it. Be aware of what the budget is. And no, I tell all of my owners, the goal is not to hit the budget. The goal is to understand why we don't hit the budget. So the budget is our fourth part and it's key. The fifth part is budget to actuals. It's when you start comparing and figuring out why you aren't hitting the budget. So I want to really drive home, especially for operations people, if you can find efficiencies and they don't match your budget exactly, that doesn't mean don't do them. If you can find a way to make it cost less and do more, go do it. The budget is not meant to be set in stone. We have to hit this. In three years of doing this with clients now as a business owner, I've had one client hit their budget once. Hmm. The goal isn't to hit the budget. The goal is to understand why we don't. And if the why is a really good reason, let's keep doing that and let's change the budget. If the why is a not so good reason, let's figure out where we need to make changes to get it back in line. Oh, man, you are like, there's like the angels are opening up (laughs) because this is such important stuff. And I'm reflecting back on my early days of working with, you know, I I moved from corporate into owning my own business and coming in as a fractional support inside of dozens and dozens and dozens of businesses. And these businesses were varying sizes, right? They were all making six figures between six and seven, which is a very, very, very big window there. But one of the things that I can, I know, and so if you're listening to this and you're supporting, I don't care what size of business that you are supporting, it was appalling to me how many business owners and visionaries, right? So we're talking CEOs and visionaries who were completely out of awareness of their financials. So that's one thing, and and we can have a separate conversation on that, but the thing that you can do as an operator, they may check the boxes of having, you know, financial support, et cetera. This piece right here, having a budget is absolutely necessary. I would almost go to say, if you're coming in, especially at the director of operations level, you need to make sure that they have financial support and you need to ask the question, do you have an annual budget? Has the forecasting ever been done? And if it hasn't, fine. You're going to be able to make massive impact really quickly because I promise you their financial support is wanting them to have this because this is how they're going to substantiate their time and and investment into this company. But it's also how you are as an operator. So I just wanted to say that this is a huge gap. Danielle, I don't know if you see Mm -hmm. this, but when I was coming in, I was like, how do you know what success looks like? Or how do you trust yourself to be in business 12 months from now if you have not done a budget? 
And it really doesn't even matter the size of business. You can be a five-figure business. You can be just starting. I believe that this is really, really important. And one thing that you shared that I want everyone to hear is that you don't have a set it and forget it budget. If there is something that we need to adjust and to tweak, we're going to do that. But you have to start with some kind of a foundation and then you learn as you go. And as you go, you might need to adjust it. And so we do that inside of our company twice a year. We don't do it, you know, we, we've gotten to more of a stable place, but earlier in our business, we would need to look at this on a quarterly basis, at least. <laughs> Sometimes we did it even more so when things were a little bit more erratic. And so just know that you've got flexibility there. When you create, number one, create the budget, but number two, make sure that you're looking at adjusting it and you have the freedom to adjust it. Yes, definitely. And then I will say the sixth part is the one that every business owner that comes to me wants to start with. It's cash flow. We all know cash is king. What hits the bank account is what makes or breaks a business. And a budget is amazing. And it's my bread and butter. It's what we do all day. But if you don't take that budget and convert it to cash flow, you don't know what's going to be in the bank. And there are things that show up on the balance sheet that don't show up on the P&L and therefore don't show up in your budget that need to be in your cash flow. So if you have a business that's in debt, those payments they make on the loan show up on the balance sheet and they show up in the bank account, but they don't show up in the budget and they need to be accounted for in a cash flow forecast. Also savings for operations, for profit, for rainy day, for taxes, because our goal is that every business owner is profitable. That means we're paying taxes. We need to save for taxes or that's going to be one heck of a headache at the end of the year. So savings is huge. And it also gives you the money to play and dabble and do the things that you want to test and try. And all of that's going to come from that savings component. And then the third one, because profit is so important, is making sure we have profit distributions, that the owners are taking profit out of the business and not burning themselves out by putting every last penny back in. So that all happens in a cash flow forecast. I'm not a huge fan of cash flow statements. They don't make a lot of sense to most accountants and they don't make any sense to most business owners. But when you take a budget format and you apply the cash timing to it, you can create a cash flow forecast that makes so much more sense. Yes, I love it all. Danielle, these six points are really, really, really important for us as operators. And I hope that just us having this conversation has shown you that you don't have to be in the numbers. We let people like Danielle and her team and, and other people who love to be in the nitty gritty of processing the numbers, we let them do that. But as operators, we're working hand in hand. It is so important and it's vital to us inside of the business for us being that instrument of operational profit, bringing it back to where we started. It's imperative that we understand and we partner with the genius behind the money. And we really serve as the integrator, right? We serve as the integrator of the information that Danielle and her team are able to bring. And we now are way better equipped to create operational strategies that make a big difference, top line and bottom line. So I'm a big believer in not feeling like you as the operator have to be the financial arm. You're most likely not skilled enough. I certainly am not. But I do know that my level 
of impact inside of a business changed remarkably when I finally started owning the fact that I could read these statements. I knew what to expect from these statements. I was involved in the budgeting. I looked at the budget versus actuals. I mean, that stuff right there alone, Danielle, that's how you as an operator, especially as a, as a high-level operator, are able to instrument and come up with some really impactful strategies and you make yourself indispensable at that time. So I'm really excited about everything you shared. And it's the perfect time of year for us to start having this conversation. It really is a conversation that never goes out of style. But I know that financials get a little bit more clout towards the end of the quarter and certainly, you know, at the end of the financial year. So thank you so much for coming in and sharing this wisdom. You can tell we're recording on a Friday and I'm all fired up. I usually don't record on a Friday, but I am like, whoop. It's got me going. So thank you for being here and for sharing. Tell me where you can be found. And so all of these amazing operators can learn more about you. Definitely. So the best place to find me, we are going to have a landing page set up just for you guys. The website is for the number four, cornerscfo.com slash the ops authority. So that'll have some contact information, a way you can reach out. I love meeting operators. Like Natalie said, you guys are pivotal in instrumenting the change and getting that change to be integrated into the business. And especially right now, if they do have a budget, you should be involved in those conversations. You should be there to say, hey, we think we can actually drop this cost by this much. We're expecting to make these changes. You guys are the one taking action on the ground. And I absolutely love meeting people that do that in businesses. Yeah, that's awesome. So Four Corners, is it Four Corners CFO? FourCornersCFO.com slash the Ops Authority. Awesome. Well, I hope all of you guys run over there and are able to connect with Danielle. Danielle, thank you so much for sharing your intellectual property and your wisdom here with us today. I've really enjoyed this conversation. Thank you so much for having me, Natalie. Thank you for investing just a little bit of time to listen to this episode of the Ops Authority Podcast. I am so grateful to be surrounded by real action takers like you who are invested in growing their business through operations. Will you add one more action to your to-do list today? Visit theopsauthoritypodcast.com where you can join our community of business owners and other ops experts. You're going to hear from me in a week, but in the meantime, do big things on the backside of your business.